Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Glad you could join us today. We are jumping back into our topic on thinking as it pertains to the systematic way we approach Scripture. Uh, and we started on that last week, so we're going to continue on. Uh, and, and we want to think it through with you. That's simply the title um, for this week's episode is Thinking It Through. You know, we need to know what we think about God. And you're probably going, well, haven't you been talking about God a lot? I feel like we've been there. And, and yes, we have, so bear with us. But what do we know scripturally about God? This is the beginning of systematic theology. This is why last week was so important to revisit the issue of Scripture, because we know God through His Word. We begin and end with the Bible. It's both the beginning of our thinking and the end point of our thinking. So we're going to get more specific, and I'll just say this to our audience because I think this is important. We're going to get more specific about the issues, and I'll put quotations around that, when we talk about worldview pretty soon. Right. But for now, this is where we need to start. We're going so to touch on some things that will actually touch on those correct. issues. So let's soon. think it through. This idea of our system of thinking and where it should send us, let's think it through. And the first question that comes to mind is, who is God? Right. When we get into systematic theology and we say who is God, we're basically talking about theology proper because theology is the study of God. Right. Well, But then <laughs> under that comes all kinds of studies, but in particular when it comes to God and who He is and what He is like. Which is who we're studying in any way. We want to know about God. Right. Um, things like what it means for God to be Father, for God to be Judge, for God to be just, for God to be sovereign, for God. But um, uh, so, so we start with a view of Scripture, which we've been talking about, and that's simply a study of Scripture called Bibliology. And uh, we, we'd spend a lot of time there. We're not going to go back there now. But uh, because what we know of God, all we know of God, we have in Scripture. We who are believers look to Scripture as our authority for who God is and what He's like. But we also talk about things like Christ, Christology, our study of Christ, because He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Mm. And then the third person of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. That's pneumatology. And the Holy Spirit is God the Spirit. And it is by His Spirit that we, He is omnipresent, and it is by His Spirit that He has inspired Scripture. It is so. This there is this. Um, so so what we come to see is the different aspects of God, His person, the Trinity. You know, what's the biblical basis for the Trinity? I mean, there's some cults that say, well, the Trinity is not that word's not even found in the Bible. That's true. The word Trinity is not found in the Bible. That doesn't mean the concept isn't. Well, how do we approach that? You know. So, so basically, if you're going to have a system by which you think, you have to answer this question. Right. Those questions come to bear. I mean, they're worth being. They're worth answering. That and means we, they're worth giving thought to. And we we kind of covered this when we were we we got into this issue of God, right? This person a few episodes back. But we have to answer this question because you cannot think systematically, biblically, in any systematic way 
without answering the question, who is God? Yeah, we talked earlier about knowing God. Now we're going to say, now we're asking the question specifically, who is God? Who is God? the God you know? What is Or he should like? know, yeah. And we know that he has created all things for his glory, that God is absolutely committed to his own glory and his own will being accomplished. We know that he is the ruler, the giver, and sustainer of life. Those have implications. I just want to give that sneak preview is that when we're talking about systematic theology, we're not talking about airhead stuff. Right. We're talking about the stuff that gives us the answers. Everybody has a systematic theology. They have a system way of thinking. They have a way of thinking about these things, about God. They have ideas about God. We better have the right ideas about God. So, you know, it's interesting. In the 1990s, the religious right was very popular had a very strong movement, if you will. You know, the religious right did. And it's interesting how they fought for things like abortion, and you can go down the list, the family, et cetera, et cetera. And it's interesting how we have moved even farther away from those things. And I think really sometimes we we move away from those things, especially even if it happens to be on a on a you know, Christian level and a church level, and you're seeing the demise of a lot of denominations now, they're becoming more liberal, is because they don't answer this question. Right. The if why we, question. If, if we say abortion is wrong, which we're going to get into the more of this when we talk about worldview, but I'm just kind of giving some practical application here. Right. If we say abortion is wrong, well, it's wrong because God has the right to rule and reign, so therefore, who are we to play God? Right. Okay, it's also wrong but if you can't he's the answer that life. question, then why wouldn't you go a different direction? Or why wouldn't you not be held to a conviction about that that would maybe influence the way you looked at policy and government and, and interacting with the political right. realm? I don't want to get into a political discussion right now. I think that's going to be more toward the worldview. But I do think if we don't answer this question, you don't have a system by which you think through. You're going to have a hard time holding on to these so-called convictions and things that we say we hold to or don't do. Yeah, and, and oftentimes those who aren't believers will say, well, you, you have certain presuppositions, and we ought to own that. Absolutely. Don't be afraid that, yes, I do have certain. So do you. <laughs> yeah, everybody you does. Know, everybody comes to questions right. and answers and issues with presuppositions. The atheist These has presuppositions. Mine. Yeah, absolutely. I own them. Yeah. And uh, our presuppositions about God are based upon what the Scripture says about him. So uh, uh, we ought to point out what Michael Lawrence points out. Which is the book uh, um, Biblical, Biblical Theology. Theology. We, we re- highly recommend you reading that. He makes this point that when – Paul was going to deal with some division and conflict that was going on at the Church of Philippi. He didn't haul off and start saying, well, you guys need to see a counselor, and you need to come together and <laughs> yeah, kind of have actually. a um, um, kumbaya moment. He actually talked about the person of Christ. Interesting. And Christ's humility. Who is very divisive, crucifixion. by the way. Yeah. How did he start Ephesians? When he, later he's going to talk about the family. He's going to talk about those who ought to work and not be yeah. lazy and how those ought to, who are known to be liars ought not to lie anymore. Yeah. And when he got into the whole family life and social life, and where did he start? He started with the sovereignty of God and salvation and that, that there's an end in view and that the Holy Spirit is a down payment on that redemption. He went theological because therefore – Walk worthy of the vocation with which you are called. So this is a biblical pattern 
to, to know theology is what drives our living, which we're going to see in a moment. Well, and Romans is such a clear book on that. I mean, Romans lays out such a clear, systematic way of thinking about the person of Christ and his work from the beginning of time till now. Yeah. And even brings in the element of what the world has to offer as far as, I mean, the physical world in revealing who God is, but it's not enough. And then all of a sudden you get to 12, and the application just starts flowing. Yep. And And what sanctification looks like in Christian living. And that's what we have to do. In our thinking of systematically, we must be systematic. We, We cannot get away from that. Otherwise, the convictions, if we say, well, I should be a loving husband or I should be a loving wife, I should, you know... I should make sure that abortion is destroyed. I'm just throwing out things here. Right. You know, we believe in the family. You know, all these things that we just we just say. But why? Because if you don't have a way of thinking about this biblically, you will you will eventually throw it to the side because it doesn't matter. The presupposition will determine if it matters. Right. Okay. So who is God? Now we're asked the question, who is man? Yeah, this is the whole study. This is a study of anthropology. And there are, there are anthropologists who are not at all Christian, but Christians have an anthropology, a belief system about man. Yeah. And we, we get that from Scripture. Um, under that, I think of one of the, the big things that comes out in Scripture is that man is made in the image of God. He's made to glorify, reflect the glory of God. Um, but, you know, the problem we see with man right now, uh, just to bring this down, to man is still deciding for himself what's good and evil. That's, that was the right. age-old garden problem. That, Nothing's you know, changed. Adam and Eve. Uh, um, they decided. They, they wanted the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What was the knowledge? Good and evil. You know what's good and what's evil. All they knew was good, righteous, what God had given. God said, nope, you can't have this. Well, that's the same problem today. So then we get into sin and the fall and those kinds of things. But along with that comes things like soteriology, which is the study of salvation. Soter is the Latin for savior. And so soteriology is the study of salvation. Ecclesiology is the study of the church. Ah, this is where salvation brings a saved community and what that looks like and, and what God is building, his kingdom he's building. The, um, uh, uh, it's, it, when we're studying man, these are the things we think about. We look at things like rationaliz- rationalization, men rationalize their sin, manipulation, men manipulate the truth in order to accomplish their ends, which we're going to get to in our next point. Well, it really kind of follows on the heels of you know what we believe about God then determines what we believe about man which right. then determines how we interact with one another and, yeah. and yeah. think in how that interaction should be what well, when you when we see that the fall has affected us in such a way that those who aren't converted uh, still want to decide for themselves what is good and evil and even we struggle with that so that what happens is good becomes evil and evil becomes good. You know, it's so, interesting, and again, I've, I've kind of shied away from the political spectrum, but it's very easy in our country to go there because I think uh, a, a biblical worldview, which we're going to talk about in when we get to worldview, has bearing upon this. If you have a systematic way of thinking, if you believe that in original sin, that man is completely sinful, that is the state of man, it should have implication of how you view government, 
it should have implication of how you view your family or how you view the church. You know, yeah. any of those institutions they have should implications they have for your checkbook. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So now, now you're really getting practical. Yeah. Which and, is actually leading us to our third point. Right. But I, I, I just want to emphasize that because, again, if you believe that man is made in the image of God, then why wouldn't you at least treat every man with some sort of respect? Every woman with some sort of respect. Because if you don't, then you really don't believe that man is made in the image of God. You really don't believe that we were made to glorify God. Who, again, we go back to that original thing, who is God? Well, first of all, God is about his glory. So all of this flows and fits together. And I think a lot of us don't take the time to think about that. We just do it. Which, there's a sense in which we go about our day and we do what we do. Mm -hmm. But if you're not taking time to think about it, and I'm going to bring this up again because I know I've done it before, but it's so important. Piper talks about this. If we're not renewing our minds on a regular basis, renewing our thinking on a regular basis, then that 95%, and this is pretty much scientific fact, 95% of what you do is reactionary, Just you just do it, you don't think about it, will not fall into the spectrum of glorifying God. Yes, and this this is important that we recognize and admit that we all have a systematic theology. So yes. we all think something about the church. We all think something about salvation. We have something. Is it biblical? And is it a based on what the Bible says about these things. And that leads us, what, what you just said leads us to our third point. And I guess is, we'll go there. <laughs> what, what is right? <laughs> yeah, what is right? Okay, and who which is we, God? We've kind of already been who touching on that. What is yeah. right? Now, this is about applied theology. We touched on that already. But this is the application of our theology. Um, for instance, I mentioned uh, earlier man is still deciding for himself what is good and evil. But you see that he's doing that with the assumption that he knows what is right and best. For instance, we have a um, we have a thing called um, you know the medical community tends to think it can keep going till it can heal whatever it wants. Right. It, this medical <coughs> utopia can exist. A political utopia can exist. You right. know, Karl Marx tried that. How'd that work out? Not very well. Yeah. It's like one commentator used to say, it's not it's not um, shared wealth, it's shared poverty. <laughs> and uh, it, Except for those who don't and have And it depresses and demotivates. Uh, but uh, our founders knew something about the limitations of man. I was recently reading a book by George Will on conservatism, and he said one of the things that the founders held was they held to what they called human nature. Hmm. And uh, well, we we use that word rather loosely. Those two words rather loosely, but human nature meaning that there is a nature of man that is consistent, and they they based their philosophy was strongly, their ideology was strongly influenced by that, whether well, they were believers or not. Yeah, and and uh, so they didn't. They knew there was no utopia on earth. They knew that man needed restraints. And uh, uh, and so when we see what Scripture says about uh, man and about God and about other things, so that we have this systematic view of what God says about these things, we are able to answer questions of right and wrong. So we're not Christians aren't looking for a utopia. Right. We know that all medical 
problems and challenges aren't going to be fixed. They're not going to be fixed by stem cell research or abortion. So I think every Bible-believing Christian would say, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But practically, what I see in our world in Christendom today when it comes on the political realm, that somehow we could reach, whether through conservatism, a political utopia, or even through what I would call not liberalism in a positive sense, but liberalism yeah. negatively. Yeah. Both Christians, there are Christians in both sides, kind of have this feeling like we can somehow reach a utopia. Now, does that mean we shouldn't be responsible? Absolutely. We should take care of the earth. We should, you know, look for ways to help our fellow man. You know, all these things that we that are social issues. But there is a sense in which sometimes I think we think we can reach a utopia. Yeah, I without really saying it, it's almost assumed. Yeah, yeah, and that we have to we have to run from that. The utopia, the perfect kingdom, is an eternity. It's the kingdom of God, and it's still not yet in so its full if, if we can't expression. Achieve utopia, but we're talking about what is right. Then there must be justice. There must be mercy. There must be forgiveness. There must be all these things dwelling in societal right. interaction. How do, how does that fit within what we're talking about here in our systematic way of thinking? Right, and 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 when we when we have a systematic view of these different theological subjects, we have the basis for actually thinking them through. And they give an okay. Exact. So let me hold on. Hold that thought there. So what you're saying is. If we can come to a systematic way of thinking about the Bible, who is God, who is man, Christ, then we will be able to answer the question I just asked, which is, how do we do these things here now? Well, how do we do what how is right? How do we right? come to a, to a reasonable answer, a biblical answer? No, that makes sense. I just want our listeners to grab a hold of this as we're talking about it. I want to give an, an, uh, an example. I listen, there's a talk show host I listen to when I'm in my truck. And uh, he brought up the fact that if a politician, a conservative politician, says that he is not, he's, he's pro-life and he's not for the exceptions of rape and incest, it's death to his, it's death to his campaign. Mm-hmm. And he may be right. But you know what? Christians have to ask ourselves, where does our theology lead us? That's a very good question. Where does our view of God and who he is lead us. Where's our view of man who he is lead us? Is a baby in the womb of a woman of less value because it came from rape or because it came from incest? Is that life now what the Germans called life unworthy of life? Mm-hmm. That was what the that was the I don't remember the German term, but that's what it meant. Life unworthy of life. This is the kind of thing where we get very specific with our theology, mm. our view of God. Our and view now of, we're moving into the realm of, of worldview. Yeah, and our view of what's right and wrong. When we ask what is right here, we have a basis for that. Hmm. And when we're thinking and thinking it through, you know. We need to think it through. Remember that, that yeah. quote, you haven't thought it through. Well, we need to think it you through. You need to think it through. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting because that's where we're going to move next is to worldview, and our guest is going to be on with us. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and, and really talk about who that's going to be because I think it's just, uh, and some of our listeners may know who that's going to be. His name is Christian Barrett. Uh, he's on staff here with our church. He is uh, doing a doctoral program. I don't remember the school, so it's slipping my mind. Uh, so he's a very learned, studied individual, but he spent some time studying this issue of worldview. And so we want to have him on, and we're going to discuss these things and really just dialogue and, and give the opportunity to have other voices coming in, as we said we were at the beginning of the year. And it's going to be more roundtable. So we're going to get into these things. All that yeah. to say is we're going to get into these things. More specifically so and brought more In broadly. some ways, we're kind of yeah. winning the appetite for more because I'm sure people are going, what about this? What about that? Right. You know, And, and right. they're, all these light bulbs are going off. Um, but suffice it to say, we got to start here. Right. we got to have a system. we got to think it through. Because you will get there, and you will make a decision, but it may not be the biblically right decision. What that decision will do is reveal your systematic theology. Oh, absolutely. Whether it's actually biblical or it's just simply something you've thought up. I'll give you this last story, and we can end with this, unless you have anything else um, to say. Not. So we had a young couple over to our house, and we're just doing – I guess you can call it premarital counseling. It was more of a, hey, let's sit down, just kind of, do you have any questions? You know, do you have any thoughts? Meaning them asking us. So we're sitting and and, and working through things. And one of the things that came to my mind is this, is the issue of children. And I just meant it in general. Your view of children, what do you think about children? Have you talked about it when you have children? And they're like, no, we really haven't had that discussion and I said, well, let me tell you why I think it's important to have that discussion. And they were very genuine people wanting to learn. It wasn't like they were – it's just one of those things they really haven't talked about. And their background – they're both believers now. Their backgrounds came from unbelieving mm-hmm. you know, backgrounds. So we were talking through it. And I said, let me tell you why it's important to think about this. Because when you have children and you haven't thought about it, you will make the easy decision. You will do what is it's easy. It's convenient. Yeah. You will do what is convenient. Yeah. You need to think about it right now. What is your system of thinking, your biblical system of thinking about children? I said, I'm not even going to go down to should I homeschool, not homeschool, Christian school, how many kids I should have. I just, in general, what do you think about children? What What do you think the Scripture tells you about children? And that's what you have to do with every area of your life. But if you don't have a system by which to think, you will do what is convenient. You will do what is easy. And it's just that simple. Yeah. It's, it's like we mentioned this once. We used this phrase once in one of our podcasts. It was, we'll go where Scripture goes. Absolutely. And that, that issue and others is what we do. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. This has been very good. Looking forward to you guys joining us again as we will move into the realm of worldview. Very excited about it. I think it's going to be fun. So um, put it on your calendar because it's coming up next. And pray for us as we work through it. So thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners 
You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Thank you.